I'm Carol Noack with the Noack Hidden Ranch in Giddings, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Act Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got this Christmas week rolling, so jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State this holiday season as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation. Texas agriculture. In the news today, it looks like the Biden administration's Build Back Better bill is dead. And Texas Senator Ted Cruz says that's a good thing for Texas farmers and ranchers. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A lot of sorghum seed is produced in the Texas High Plains, and if you can get in on the game, it's a good deal for a farmer. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The land market is experiencing record highs, mainly due to COVID shutdowns and cutbacks. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the explanation in my story on Texas Ag Today. A new pilot project is about to get underway to control feral hogs in three Coastal Bend counties. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin announced over the weekend that he will not vote for the Biden administration's Build Back Better tax and spending bill, making it practically impossible to get the bill through the Senate. Texas Senator Ted Cruz told the Fox Business Channel that's a good thing for Texas farmers and ranchers. You know, last night I had dinner with the leadership of the Texas Farm Bureau, and they were telling me that they're hearing from farmers and ranchers all across Texas. The number one concern they're hearing is please, please, please don't let Congress pass the Build Back Broke bill. We can't afford more inflation. We can't afford our inputs going up. We can't afford the debt. We can't afford the taxes. And at least for this Christmas, it ain't going to get done. We'll see next year if they can ram it through. I hope Manchin and Cinema hold the line, but, but we'll have to find out next year. Both the Texas Farm Bureau and the American Farm Bureau oppose the bill. If you want to learn more about grazing, hunting, and livestock leases, there are some workshops coming up that you don't want to miss. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has released the dates for the 2022 award-winning Ranchers Leasing Workshops. The workshops are designed for agricultural landowners and tenants, and they focus on grazing, hunting, and livestock leases. 
The presenters, Ag Law Specialist Tiffany Dow-Lashmet and Ag Economist Dr. Greg Kazi, will also discuss landowner liability law, economic resources, budgets, and decision tools. The first workshop of the new year will be January 10th in Hallsville. Other workshops will be January 11th in Wiley, February 8th in Brenham, and September 13th in Kerrville. Cost is $50 and includes lunch and a copy of the Rancher's Agricultural Leasing Handbook. Pre-registration is required. You can register at agriliferegister.tamu.edu. That is agriliferegister.tamu.edu. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Texas is on its way to becoming the number three milk-producing state in the nation. Texas A&M dairy specialist Juan Pinheiro says Texas milk production increased 190% between 2001 and 2020, jumping us from the number 10 milk state up to number five in that time period. And as we wrap up 2021, it looks like we're going to jump another spot up to number four. Dr. Pinheiro says the imminent expansion of milk processing capacity in the panhandle may position Texas at the number three milk producing state within the next five years. A lot of sorghum seed is produced on the Texas High Plains, and James Hunt tells us if you can get in on that game, it's a good deal for a farmer. As we talked about in our previous report, most of the sorghum seed production in the United States takes place here in the Texas High Plains, and Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff says it's a good deal for the local farmers involved. Most of the growers like to get those contracts from the seed company because they're going to pay more for that seed. Uh, and they're typically going to take care of that field better uh, than they will. For example, with the sugarcane aphid, we always encourage people, hey, wait until you get to threshold before you spray. But in those seed production fields, really, as soon as they start seeing sugarcane aphid, they'll typically spray those fields because they can put more money into that crop because they're getting more for it. Like I said, those contracts are usually pretty good from the seed company. And would you say there's much opportunity for farmers who might hear this report to get into that? <laughs> well, it's a good question, and I, it's possible. But uh, what those seed companies are looking for, they're looking for fields that are going to be somewhat isolated from other sorghum fields, and, and they don't want to have Johnson grass around. So there's some stipulations there because that Johnson grass pollen could potentially flow, move in, and infect that seed production field. So you don't want that. So there are some criteria, and usually. Once farmers you know get those contracts and assuming they're doing a good job for that seed company, you know they tend to just keep coming back. And so, getting a new producer into that game is a little more difficult to do sometimes. But you know certainly doesn't hurt to ask. So you can certainly ask your seed company rep, tell them hey you're interested in doing that. Once again, that was Dr. Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff, who also tells us our area is home to one of the biggest seed production companies in the country, Remington Seeds in Dumas. Tomorrow, we check in on the feed yard business. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Sheep producers here in Texas and across the country are enjoying record high prices. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is Pete Camino. He is the vice chairman with the American Land Board. He's based in Wyoming, but uh, caught up with him recently. And uh, Pete, what about the land market situation right now? What's it looking like? The land market situation is as highest it's ever been, record highs. The reason why is COVID. When COVID hit, everything shut down. 30% of our lamb trade was going to high-end restaurants and uh, cruise ships. Well, that 30% 
we had no place to go with it. So we started moving that stuff into retail, into the grocery stores where the consumers could get, a, get their hands on it. Since we've done that, lamb sales have increased 25%. Ground lamb in different parts of the country has gone as high as 40%. So now the consumer can go in and buy these better cuts of meat right into the grocery store where the availability is there where it wasn't before. Now you folks doing uh, some flavor research and consumer research. Talk about uh, those uh, projects and how that's going to help the American Lamb Board and producers across the country. Okay, you've probably heard of the your first taste of lamb. If it's favorable, you're going to like it. If it's bad, you won't like it. So what we're trying, what we've done there, we've worked with Colorado State and Texas A&M, and we have come up with a test to where we can come up with mild, medium, and bold lamb. So right now we're taking this to the uh, Packers to see if we can get it, you know, if we can enter, enter it into the chain to make it feasible for them. So we will be able to, you'll be able to go to the grocery store and pick out mild, medium, or bold lamb. That is Pete Camino. He is with the American Lamb Board. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new pilot project for controlling wild hogs is about to get underway on the Texas Coastal Bend. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, feral hogs are a growing problem across Texas, and the Coastal Bend is no exception. In the past 10 to 15 years, crop damage from Feral hogs has been steadily increasing, and that's particularly true for corn farmers here in the coastal bend. Now, in the past decade, uh, it's become apparent to a lot of farmers who have been trying to address the problem in severe locations on their own that they won't be able to barbecue their way out of the feral hog population in the coastal bend. And as a result, some federal farm program funding was allocated to USDA's APHIS Wildlife Control Services Division, and they're collaborating with the local soil and water conservation districts in a few regions around the country to initiate a pilot program to control feral hogs in locations that have had historically high damage and populations of these pests. Now, the APHIS Wildlife Services Division here in the Coastal Bend, located in Corpus Christi, is working with the Soil and Water Conservation Districts in B, San Patricio, and Nueces County, and they're currently enrolling producers and landowners that have had significant problems. They're hoping to get a intensified trapping and aerial control program underway prior to planting season this year. And so if you're interested in signing up, why contact your local soil and water conservation district in B, San Patricio, and Nueces County, or the Wildlife Services Division of APHIS in Corpus Christi. Reporting from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Beering. DPS and Safe Gun Storage Texas are urging Texans to safely store firearms and ammunition this holiday season. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag today. And horses have a fight-or-flight mentality, and that can cause some common wounds. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Horses have a fight-or-flight mentality, and that can cause some common wounds. But Dr. Bob Judd says most of those will heal if treated properly. Horses are frequently injured because of their fight-or-flight mentality and many times run into more trouble than they are running from. They also move very quickly and have thin skin compared to cows that usually don't move quick enough to get serious injuries. Most equine wounds heal well if treated appropriately, but there are some things you should and should not do when you're faced with a wound. First of all, never put any medication on a wound without talking to your vet and at least sending a picture or have your vet examine the wound. Many of these so-called healing agents for equine wounds may actually delay healing, and the application of many of these products will prevent your vet from suturing the wound if suturing is possible. If the wound is bleeding, usually applying pressure for five minutes will stop the bleed. If it is a lower leg wound, wrapping the leg tight with a non-stick pad over the wound under a thick cotton bandage will generally stop the bleeding. Ideally, you would clean the wound with sterile saline, but tap water out of a garden hose will also be effective. Again, do not mix disinfectants in the water or saline unless your vet has told you how to dilute them. Dr. Nancy Loving indicates in the horse publication that strong betadine and chlorhexidine will kill tissue inside the wound, as can hydrogen peroxide. Lots of times spraying the wound from a distance with a water hose is the best and safest thing to do until your vet arrives and can sedate the horse. Make sure your horse's tetanus vaccine is up to date and join me next time on Texas Vet News for tips on bandaging your horse's lower leg wounds. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. DPS and Safe Gun Storage Texas are urging Texans to safely store firearms and ammunition this holiday season. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. While you are getting ready for holiday gatherings, either at your home or somewhere else, you may want to consider another item for your to-do list. Ensure your firearms are secure and safely stored. Lieutenant Craig Cummings from the Texas Department of Public Safety joins us with more. When people are coming together for the holidays now, we want it to be a joyous time for folks. And and one of the things that we're recommending is the one, two, threes of safe gun storage. So that's guns need to be stored, unloaded and secured. The ammunition also needs to be stored safely and secured. And we must keep others from getting access to those firearms 24-7. And this includes family, friends, children and visitors. And when the firearm is in a vehicle or somewhere else, else, it needs to be locked up and stored safely as well so that it's only accessible to those who actually know how to use it. In Texas, when buying trigger locks, barrel locks, 
or gun safes, you can save the sales and use tax thanks to a new state law. Lieutenant Cummings says no matter which method you use, the important thing is that the guns and the ammunition are stored safely. Money should not be a barrier to safe gun storage. So if they've only got money for a trigger lock, then have that on there. If they have money for a safe, they can keep the guns away from individuals. Do that as well. But the big thing is to know where the firearm is. And if somebody is going to have a firearm in a certain room of the house, maybe considering not allowing people into that room when you've got guests over just as an extra layer of safety. So the firearm is secured. You've got a lock on the trigger. It's in a safe, but that additional layer of security so that nobody can come in there and make a very grave mistake. You can find more information on SafeGunStorageTexas.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a lower trade to kick off the week in livestock, cotton, and corn, but the wheat market ended up closing higher. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit, But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org slash stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a mostly negative day on Monday for most of our agricultural markets. About the only exception was the wheat market, everything else finishing mostly lower. We had a weekend of negative news concerning the Omicron variant. That pressured both the stock market and the crude oil market. And all that negativity spilled over into many of our agricultural markets on Monday. We'll start with the cattle market, as we always do. Lower for both live and feeder cattle. December live cattle down 27. Seven cents, one thirty-four forty-seven. The February down forty-five, one thirty-five ninety-seven. April live cattle down forty-two cents at one forty seventeen. January feeder cattle dropped a dollar two, one fifty-nine twenty-two. March feeders down a dollar twenty, one sixty fifty. April feeder cattle down a dollar twelve, one sixty-three seventy-five. Cash-fed cattle market, all quiet on a Monday as we usually see. No asking prices reported, but we are expecting the feedlots to ask 138 or better this week. The show lists appear to be larger in Texas and Kansas this week, but lighter in Nebraska and Colorado. 
Last week's negotiated cash cattle trade totaled 48,733 head. 62% of that committed for nearby delivery, the remaining 38% for deferred delivery. Boxed beef prices mixed on Monday. Choice down $1.82 at 26219. Select up 281 at 25109. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, when you hear cattle in the alleyway, it's time to talk to Seth Crane from Union Commission Hondo Livestock. Seth, how was your last sale of the year? I ended up with 1,058 head. Cows this week about steady from 32 up to 71 cents on a top cow. Bulls from 51 to 95. Did have quite a few pairs, nine and a quarter up to 16.50. And on our bread cows from 6.50 up to 11.60. Number one end of the cattle continues to sell very well. Two to four weight steers, kind of from $1.55 up to 2.20. Two to four weight heifers, 130 up to uh, 2.18. Five to six weight steers, $1.35 to 1.74. Five to six weight heifers, 125 to 146. Six to seven weight steers, 128 to 168. Six to seven weight heifers, 115 to 135. Seven to eight weight steers, dollar 22 to 150. And your seven to eight weight heifers, dollar two to 123. Had that special stocker feeder sale. Want to thank our judges. First place pin of steers brought in by the Dolan Creek, San Angelo. Seven head of those wean black steers weigh 764 to dollar 39. Bought by Nortex feeders. The first place pin of heifers brought in by Dr. Pete Holloman of San Antonio. Seven head of those five, 576 weight heifers bring a dollar 31. Bought by the Gillum Ranch. Your second place steers were brought in by Miss Susan Hoover Hondo. Ten head of those black steers weighed five fifteen at a dollar fifty two. Uh, they would be off the cows and bought by Robert Smith. And your second place heifers uh, brought in by Doling Creek of Angelo. Nine head of those wean black heifers weighed five seventy eight at a dollar thirty seven, uh, and they were also bought by Robert Smith. Uh, like I say, a good sale. Last one for the year will be next week. Uh, they're on the twentieth, and uh, uh, we should be back here on January the third. In the meantime, feel free to contact us eight three zero. 741-8061. Give me on my cell phone, 210-288-3960. And for updates and information, visit us on Facebook or hondolifestock.com. Seth, thanks for being a part of Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Neighbor, good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs close lower. February hogs dropped a dollar thirty-two to close at seventy-nine forty-seven. April hogs down a dollar twenty-seven at eighty-three fifty. Class 3 milk was lower. Nearby December milk down 2 cents at 18.46 a hundred. January milk down 19 at 19.06 a hundred weight. The cotton market sharply lower on same factors we mentioned earlier. Lower stock market and lower oil prices. March cotton dropped 176 points to close at 105.54. New crop December cotton down 47 closing at 89.57 cents. Corn market also closing lower. March corn down two and a quarter, 591 a bushel. New crop September corn down one and three quarters, 560 and a half. About the only higher market we saw on Monday was the wheat market. We finished higher on both hard and soft wheat. Dry weather conditions here in Texas and on up through the high plains may be just enough to keep support under this market to keep it climbing higher. We close with July Kansas City wheat up two and a quarter, 803 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up one and three quarters, 771 and a half. In the energy markets, January natural gas was up 14 cents, 3.83. January crude oil down 2.17 at 68.66 a barrel. The financial markets sharply lower to kick off the week on Monday. 
The Dow down 551 points Monday afternoon at 34,814. The Nasdaq down 239 at 14,930. The S&P down 68 at 4,551. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.